Welcome to the Life Fellowship Ministries International Broadcast. Our mission is to develop, maintain, and model personal intimacy with Jesus Christ. And now, join us for the Life Fellowship Experience. All right, well, I want to thank you all for being here this morning and uh, uh, just thank the Lord for a beautiful day and uh, all the volunteers, everybody that helped out. Um, so this morning's message is... Problem, sin, solution, Jesus. I have some not so good news to share at the beginning, but I have some great news to close with. Um, we have a significant problem. All of us do. All of us have problems. All of us have issues. All of us need help. And my first point that I want to make this morning is sin changes us. And uh, the, the definition for sin is to miss the mark. And I think a visual of that would be an archer shooting at a bullseye and completely missing the, the entire target. That is what sin is like. It's missing the mark. And uh, when Adam and Eve sinned, when they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, sin entered into all of humanity. And so it's not our fault, but it is a problem. <laughs> but there's a solution. In Genesis 2, it says that they were naked and unashamed. I want to read from Genesis 2:25, and it says, "Now the man and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame." Um, I remember a number of years ago, I, we were at a friend's house, and they had two twin uh, toddler boys, and they got out of the bathtub and they ran into the living room butt naked. <laughs> they had no shame. They were just doing what little boys do, right? They wanted to come and say hello. There was an innocence there. And when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and when they ate from the tree of the uh, the fruit from the tree of the good, uh, the tree of knowledge, good and uh, good and evil, uh, their innocence was broken at that point in time. They were no longer innocent. And so, a few verses later, in chapter three, verse eight, uh, we we find that. It, uh, well, let me just read Genesis 3.8. When the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord among the trees. Their relationship was now different. In verse 9, Then the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? And the man replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Now, let's go back to Genesis 2.25 before they ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And it says, Now the man and, the, and, uh, and his wife were both naked, but they felt no shame. So, you see that there's always a change that happens when sin gets in the mix. And three of the things that can happen are shame, fear, and pride. Those are some of the results of, of sin. And, and so they, went, they felt no shame, and then after they disobeyed, then they felt shame. So maybe you can relate to this where you've done something and you would say, man, I'm ashamed of what I did. There's shame. I'm fearful to, to say anything about it. There's fear. I don't want to say anything because somebody, somebody may think differently of me. There's pride. And those are three things that can, that can come from sin. 
shame and, and fear and pride. And, and you may be here today or you may know people that are living in, in guilt and shame. And Jesus came to set us free. So sin changes us. The second point I wanted to make is sin changes our relationships. Let's go back to Genesis 3.10. The man replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. And the Lord replies, Who told you that you were naked? The Lord God asked, Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And then if you go and continue to read through that passage, you see that the blame game starts. Adam's like, Well, it was that woman. And the woman is like, well, you know, it was uh, 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 the snake. It was that snake. And so they attempted to validate and excuse away their sin. But do we do the same thing? Do we? Have you ever done that? Well, I did it. I know it was wrong, but I did it because they. Or how, how about this one? You made me do it. <laughs> So it's, it's easy for us to do that, to validate our sin or to excuse it away. And, and for all of our sin, we could say, well, it's not my fault. It's Adam and Eve. It's their fault. So we can easily begin to make excuses and validate our sin. If, you know, if, if, well, let me say this. You're not alone, okay? Because all of us have done that or... You know, maybe do that. James chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 says, Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. So the sin comes from our own desires, and they entice us. And then they drag us away. Now, it's, it's important to understand that temptation is not sin. Sin happens when we submit to the temptation. Uh, an example of this would be a number of years ago, I had purchased a shirt, maybe a couple of shirts and a pair of shoes and some other items. And I get out to my vehicle and I realize something is wrong. And so I look at my receipt and I'm like, okay, they didn't charge me for my shoes. And it's amazing how many thoughts we can get in our brain within a few milliseconds, right? The first thing is like, oh, well, you know, uh, you're busy. You're really busy right now. You, you know, just go on. Just go ahead and leave. Or the, the other thought was, well, it was their mistake. You didn't do anything wrong. You don't need to take them back. And so right then, I stopped that conversation in my brain. I say, stop, no. And I grabbed the bag, and I go back in, and I said, uh, excuse me, there was a mistake on my ticket here on my receipt, and I didn't get charged for my shoes. So I paid for my shoes and walked on. Listen, let me say this too. Never allow a few dollars to destroy your integrity. Because listen, if you will if you will steal, and if I would have taken those shoes, now some people may have said, well, praise God, I got a new pair of shoes, they were free. <laughs> no, you didn't, you stole them. <laughs> but here's the thing, if, if you will not have integrity with 50 or $60, do you think you'd have integrity with 5,000, 6,000? $50,000, $60,000? Never let a, a few dollars or anything to destroy your integrity. Now, here's the other thing. Some people would say, well, I'm not going to take them back. Uh, it was a mistake. I'm not going to deal with it. But if they were overcharged, you can bet they would be in there, right? Uh, excuse me? 
uh, excuse me, ma'am, sir, uh, can I talk to you? Uh, you overcharged me $5. And, and don't forget the 41 cents tax on that too, please. So where's our integrity? Um, temptation happens when we submit or succumb to those fleshly carnal desires which entice us. You know, it, we can be enticed with things, right? We can begin to justify and validate and say, well, it wasn't my fault. It's okay. No, it's not okay. James 1.15 goes on to say, these desires give birth to sinful actions. And when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. It's a progressive thing. And so you wonder, well, how did I end up way over here? Well, it started back here. Maybe, maybe you have a, a drinking problem. And you say, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to abstain from drinking. And, and it's Friday afternoon. You get paid. And all of a sudden, you're driving home. And your car automatically turns into the Specs parking lot. Your car didn't just do that. You were thinking about that maybe earlier in the day and you said, you know, I, I probably shouldn't go buy a fifth of whiskey because I'm going to get in a fight with my wife and all these things are going to happen. But you succumb to those, those thoughts and that fleshly desire. Because it says that when sin is allowed to grow, when we allow it to grow in our life, it gives birth to death. And that could be physical death. Someone could overdose or get in a car wreck or something like that. It can certainly mean spiritual death. It can be death to a marriage or family, your children. Romans 12.2 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God, yield to God, allow God to transform your life and transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And so when those thoughts come, when, it, when the thought came like, well, you can just drive off, you're busy. Well, it was their fault. You have to take control of those thoughts and say, no, I'm not going to allow sin into my life. I'm not going to compromise my life for something like this. And then Romans 2, Paul goes on to write, then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. And so many times the battle begins in our mind. What are we filling our mind with? The things of God? Are we reading Scripture? Are we praying? Are we listening to the Holy Spirit and allowing Him to guide us and lead us? Or are we making our own choices? So also in Romans chapter 5, Paul writes, When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone, for everyone has sinned. So, again, it started with Adam and Eve. But it's a problem for us as well. Romans 3.23 says, For everyone has sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard. In other words, we miss the mark. We miss the target. Jesus is the only one that ever lived a sinless life. Every one of us has sinned. Look at your neighbor. Look around you. They've sinned. You've sinned. We've all sinned. But there's good hope. Let me, let me go ahead and read uh, Romans 3.23 again. For everyone who sinned, we all fall short of God's glorious standard, yet God. I love that. Sometimes when we see that, it's just like, but, but God. But God, yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty for our sins. For God presented Jesus as a sacrifice for sin. 
Verse 25 continues, people are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. So Jesus did it. He did all the work. He paid for all of our sins. We just need to believe and receive. So sin changes us. Sin changes our relationships. And my third point is Jesus died and rose again to set us free from sin. Jesus took on all of our sin and paid all of our debt on the cross for us. We were not designed to be burdened with the consequences of sin. Here are some of the consequences. Uh, guilt. Do you know people that are just guilt-ridden, that just live there? Or maybe you deal with that. Maybe you can't get past something. And you just feel guilty all the time, beating yourself up. Or maybe you feel uh, shameful about something. Or maybe you know people like that. Listen, there's freedom. Jesus came to set us free, not bind us up with a bunch of religion and rules and regulations. He came for a relationship. Uh, other other uh, effects of, of sin, destruction and damage in our own life. Damage and destruction in our relationship with the Lord. Damage and destruction in our relationships with our family, in our marriage, things like that. Damage to other relationships. You can be free from the effects of sin. Jesus came to set us free. Let me say it another way. Jesus came to set you free. You don't have to live there any longer. So I want to I ask you a couple of questions to consider. You want to get free? And maybe you say, well, you know, I'm, I'm kind of free. I'm more free than I used to be. But I, there's still some things hanging on my life that I need to get free from. Consider a prisoner that, that goes to prison. And, he, and they get out. And we've all heard the stories where somebody gets out of prison, they've been in prison, and, you know, a short time later, they're back in prison again. Why is that? Some people don't desire to change. Some people desire to stay where they are. Some people refuse to yield to the Lord and let Him do His work in their life to set them free. John 3.19 says, God's light came into the world but the people loved, but people loved the darkness more than the light, for their actions were evil. Jesus is the solution to our problems. And you know, I thought I thought about this statement for a few weeks, and I thought, well, some people would say, "Oh, yeah, you're a Christian, you're a believer. Yeah, Jesus this, Jesus that. Jesus is the solution for everything." But maybe He really is. Um, you may think, well, that's an oversimplification. But I want you to consider something. I've been considering this for a few weeks, and, and I believe that any personal problem or issue that we have is directly connected to sin. If you can look at your personal problems, any personal problems or issues that you have, if you can strip it all away, I think you'll find that the root is sin. Now, we may say, okay, uh, the economy's not doing too good right now, and, and that affects me. But you don't have any direct responsibility for that. You don't have any influence over that. So I'm not talking about something like that. I'm not talking about China having, China, Russia, and North Korea maybe having nuclear warheads, because you don't have any responsibility for those things. You don't have any influence in those things. 
Now, those things could be driven by sin for greed or, or whatever. But what I'm really talking about right now is personal sin uh, or personal problems in your own life. Um, and, and so I've been unable to think of any situation that that's not applicable to. Now, there, there may be other issues in your life that are unrelated to your personal sin. Um, but if you rob a bank, you're going to go to prison. If you choose to purchase crack, there are consequences. But there's help for you. We'll talk about that here in a, in a few minutes. But Jesus came to set us free. He came to deliver us from sin and the effects of sin and the consequences of sin. That we would walk according to His purpose and plan for our lives. Our personal problems can also be an indirect result of sin. Because think about this too. If someone is abused, it's not their fault that they were abused. But the person that abused them was operating in sin. So even if it's not directly our fault, there's still sin in the mix when people are taken advantage of or whatever it may be. It's still sin. Imagine that a, a crack baby is born. It's not that baby's fault, but it is a problem for the child. The problem lies with the mother who didn't take care of herself and consequently didn't take care of her baby. So I would say that all of our personal issues are related to sin. To sin. And, and if, if not all, certainly most of them are. And if you can think of some that aren't, then let me know. Because I've thought about this kind of long and hard. But generally, sin is an intentional choice that we make. Often sin is an outward expression of, of what's in our heart. I think most of the time it always goes back to the heart. What's in our heart? Do we have a relationship with the Lord? Do we know it's wrong and we still choose to make that decision? We all do. From time to time, we've all done it. But God wants to change our hearts. And one of the ways He changes it is by transforming our lives. By changing the way that we think about sin. Saying, man, this is not good for me. This is not healthy for me. I need to walk away from this thing. In Psalm 51.5, David writes, For I was born a sinner. Yes, for the moment my mother conceived me. From the moment my mother conceived me. I, wanted, I don't know why I'm telling stories about toddlers today, but have you ever seen a toddler playing with toys and uh, another toddler comes in and the first toddler is playing with these toys over here and they're just fine, they're happy, but this other toddler comes in and starts playing with a toy and the first toddler goes, oh, that's mine, I'm, I'm playing with that. And so the second toddler goes over and plays, oh, that's mine too, I'm, I'm playing with that. How does that happen? Where does that toddler learn to be selfish? Listen, we all come broken. We were born in sin. We were conceived in sin. It's part of our spiritual DNA. When Adam and Eve sinned, that entered into all of humanity. And so just like a crack baby is born a victim of crack, you and I are born a victim of sin. But there's good news. I'm not finished yet. The effects of sin will be evident in our life. Look at your life. Come on. Look in the mirror. You know what's going on in your life. 
You know if you're uh, succumbing and acquiescing to sin and allowing sin into your life? What are the choices you're making? Do they reflect God's heart and His purpose and plan for your life? Today, we're celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. But unless you receive His grace, His mercy, His forgiveness, and have a relationship with Him, His resurrection may not mean anything to you. Because it's all based on this relationship that we have. And Jesus conquered sin on the cross. But He also conquered death as well. And that's why we celebrate the resurrection of Christ. Because he, he could have died and taken on all of our sins, but He rose from the grave. He rose from the dead, proving that He not only conquered sin, but death as well. And Jesus paid the debt for all of our sin. Listen, the ground is level at the cross, man. It doesn't matter your social status. It doesn't matter what zip code you live in. It doesn't matter your role, your position. All have sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. But there's hope. There's hope for all of us because of what Christ has done on the cross. So, He paid the debt on the cross. He paid your debts. Stop and think about this for a, for a moment. He paid every one of your debts. And not only did He pay the debt that had to be paid, He rose from the grave on the third day. Our life takes a significant turn when we accept Jesus into our heart and life, but also as we yield to Him and allow Him to do His transformation in our life. It's not about performance. It's about transformance. Where God is transforming our life. Today could just be another Easter Sunday. You could leave here, go have lunch with your family and say, oh, well, it's, it's a nice day. That was a nice service. Or today could be the day you experience true freedom. I'd like for you to bow your heads and close your eyes this morning. And maybe this morning you, you want to give your heart to the Lord. Maybe you've never had a relationship with Him, or maybe you did at one point in time, and you say, today's the day. If that's you, would you slip up, your, slip up your hand and catch my eye? Anybody here? There's no shame in that. Thank you. I think there's other people here too. Listen, I'm not going to make you do anything weird. But this is, this is a life, a potentially a life-changing moment for you. Anybody else? So if you'll just pray this prayer, just say, Dear Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask you to come into my life. I ask you to forgive me for all my sins. And I receive your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness. I no longer live with guilt and shame. And I ask you to just help me to walk in this, this new beginning that you will speak into my life and that you will help me to yield to you. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I want to pray one more prayer for you that prayed that prayer. Lord, I pray for the fire and the power of your Holy Spirit to wash over them, over every one of us, Lord, that as we read your word, your word would come alive. 
as we spend time in prayer, that we would be able to differentiate, differentiate your small, still voice from others. And that you would work in our hearts in amazing ways and that we would see you move powerfully. And so, Lord, I, I pray for this new relationship for those that prayed that prayer. And I pray that you would do exceedingly, abundantly more than we could ever ask or think. Because that's what your word says, that you do, Jesus. And we thank you for that. And I, I feel impressed today to, to maybe pray another prayer. How many of you, and you can raise your hand if you want, how many of you need to get free from something? Come on, let's be honest today. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. Or maybe you're saying, well, I'm kind of free, but I need to get more free. Man, there's all kinds of struggles. There's all kinds of temptations out there that we're bombarded with. Addictive behaviors, drugs, alcohol, pornography. It, pornogra pornography is rampant. It's an epidemic that's destroying lives. If you've been struggling with something for a few years, that's, that's probably not a struggle. It's a bondage. And you can get free today. You can ask the Lord to take this from you. So if that's you, just, just pray this prayer from your heart to say, Dear Jesus, I want to get free today. I want to be totally free. And if there's some things that I'm hanging on to, Lord God, I ask that you would just set me free from those things. And help me to yield to you. Help me to turn away from those things. Help me to not be thinking about those things, but to focus on you. And to be free. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And if you don't have a home church, man, there are three great churches represented here today. The Refuge, CT Church, Life Fellowship. Find a good home church that teaches the Bible, that teaches Christ, that encourages you in your walk. Get involved, serve, grow, plug in, yield to the Lord most importantly, and watch and see what God will do in your heart, in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in your neighborhood. Because God is not looking for people that are religious He's looking for people like you, like us, that have a relationship with Him.